introduction tonight into this good book, and we'll preach uh, several messages over the next several Sunday nights, should the Lord uh, allow that. Uh, tonight, I want us to look at uh, the troubles and the character, though, of a man named Job. You said, preacher, just songs we sing about, uh, those songs now are not inspired of God, and these songs are just telling us truths about God. This is what we really need to know uh, here in God's Word. But we need, to, we need to begin to build our life upon this book and build our life on a trust in the God of the Bible because, well, this happens to this family, and sure, it happens over there, but, I mean, things are going pretty good in my own life. But can I tell you something? Trouble's coming. Trouble's coming. A friend of mine, uh, he grew up in Georgia, and uh, his mom had a, a yard man, a guy that cleaned and came and did all the landscaping in his yard, and in, in her yard, and uh, his name literally was Trouble. And so when you say, here's trouble coming, it was the truth. They, his name was literally Trouble. And um, the truth about you and me is that trouble is coming. The matter of fact, Job speaks of that. And uh, I'd like to look at a couple of verses there before we look at the, the man Job himself. In Job chapter 3, verse 26... It said, I will, was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Did you know that trouble can come to some of the nicest Christian folks you know? You say, well, preacher, I, I believe that, you know, we, we try to do right, and I've had my devotions three days out of the the week and I've uh, and I prayed um, every night right before I went to bed I prayed and I gave my tithe and in the, uh, the offering plate when we talk about tithes and offerings you were play, uh, praying about that and I appreciate appreciate that but I had a, a fellow in my church in uh, Texas he wrote me and said I'm going to start giving my tithes and he spelled it T-I-E-S uh, I'm going to start giving my tithes. Well, we, we, say, we often say, blessed be the tithes that bind you know, around our neck. But uh, if you say, I gave, I gave my tithes and, and, uh, and I, gave my, uh, I did the best I could. And we have what we call, uh, sometimes uh, defined, I call it gumball theology. Uh, gumball theology. Those of us younger people remember, uh, you older folks would remember this. Uh, and I'm in that category, that you could put a penny into a gumball machine. Not nickels, not dimes, not quarters, not dollars, a penny into a gumball machine. Cokes were five cents a piece. They went up to six while I remember one time. And you would slide your, that handle to the side, and you were counting on, because you put that penny in, you were counting, when you slid that handle, you were counting on a gumball coming out and rolling out in your hand. And some people, and I think the charismatics have not helped us in that regard, they believe that I did what was right, and therefore I deserve from God very good things. Gumball theology, I, I put the penny in, 
I slid the handle and the gumball is surely going to come out. But can I tell you something? In our own lives and as a pastor for many years, I have been with families in some difficult situations who were some of the finest Christians you'd ever want to meet. And they put their penny in, but the gumball didn't come out. I don't believe the Bible teaches gumball theology, although I believe that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Trouble is coming. And uh, the Bible also says in Job, look at Job chapter 5 and verse 7. Yet a man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I told you that uh, in some of the churches I have pastored, we would have a couple of times a year, two or three times a year, we would have a bonfire Sunday night service. Uh, you can't live stream that. You, uh, you can't usually bring the piano out there with you. But uh, we would sing songs and have preaching around a bonfire. And oftentimes I would mention this verse of scripture because just as surely as those sparks are flying upward from that fire, you and I are going to experience trouble. Trouble. Here's a man in this book of Job that experienced trouble, lots of trouble. We get in trouble when we start comparing ourselves. Have you ever been on, I told you the other day that when you go on a senior adult trip in a bus, you can hear about every ailment you've ever heard about, every surgery that you, and sometimes, you, you know, uh, I've, uh, I've done a few skits before where you would act out that what, whoever came into the waiting room of a, hosp of a doctor's office, that you caught whatever they, they had. Well, sometimes when they're telling you about the surgeries that they've had, and if you had, for instance, if some people will say, I'll tell you what, I, that bad cut I had, I had to have 25 stitches. As soon as you say 25 stitches, somebody's going to tell you they had 26, 27, or 28. It's always going to be a little bit more. And uh, you can find out all about difficulties and problems. And sometimes, you know, I'd be like Barney Fife when he had the, the uvula, uh, he said, well, are you sick? And he said, well, not very. I mean, you keep asking me about it, and I'll start feeling bad myself. You and I are going to face troubles. Job was a man who faced difficulty and troubles. Some people, some commentators, the liberals, have said that there was no such thing as a Job. This is just a story, but there was no real man named Job. The same ones that would say there was no person named Jonah, but there was a real Jonah. It happened exactly what God said in the scriptures and what it says about Job. He was a real man and it really happened to Job. But we can't compare ourselves with what happened to Job. I mean, you, you will look at this tonight. If you look at the problems and difficulties he had, we have very little difficulties compared to Job. Uh, but he shows us in this book something very real about how a man who trust God, can trust him even in the midst of storms of life. Job's name means the persecuted one or the, sometimes the repentant one. It is a, he was a real person. It's uh, taken it to be the oldest book in our Bible, the book of Job and the oldest book in, our, in the Bible. And it's referred to uh, several places in the 
the New Testament, I'd like for you to turn with me to James chapter 5 because you're familiar with this phrase, whether you knew this was the verse or not. But James chapter 5, in verse, beginning in verse 10, it says, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. That word patience there uh, is actually a word that would mean endurance. It stays by the stuff in the hardest of times. Verse 11, Behold, we count them happy or blessed which endure. And ye have heard of the patience of Job. Again, he's not just a person who can sit in the DMV line and not complain. He's not that kind of patience. He's talking about he's a man of endurance. It's like the, the marathon race who goes through a 26.2 miles and he, he just keeps on going no matter all the difficulties that goes with it. Here it says, Ye have heard of the patience or the endurance of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is pitiful or compassionate. Read and of tender mercy. Notice he points to the endurance of a difficult time in man's life like Job, but that verse also tells us about the character of our God because that's who we're going to trust. We're going to trust the character of our God, and I'm preaching these series of messages on comforted by the character of our God. You and I, as Job did, maybe not to the same degree, we live in times of despair often in our life. How do we deal with suffering? How do we deal with, with trouble? And uh, the Apostle Paul quotes Job and uh, 1 Corinthians 3, you don't have to turn there, but in verse 19, 1 Corinthians 3, 19, it says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written... And then Paul quotes in 1 Corinthians 3.19, he quotes Job 5.13, which says, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. So he's, here's the Old Testament the story of Job quoted and referred to in the New Testament. I'm saying Job was a real man. He had real troubles. He really trusted a real God. Job is, says in the first verses of this book that he's from the land of Uz, an area of Edom south of Israel. It says, the man, as man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed or hated evil. It says that he's perfect. It doesn't mean that he was sinless. He was blameless as the qualifications for a pastor in 1 Timothy chapter 3 doesn't mean he's perfect, but you can't put your finger on a major area of flaw in his life. And that would be true of, of this man, Job. He was blameless and upright. He was a man of integrity. Boy, that's something needed today, isn't it? When somebody says something, they actually are going to do it. A man of integrity. He's a man of integrity and character. And so this is the kind of man... That's not somebody that uh, you say, well, this, I'm kind of expecting him to go through some trouble. Uh, not Job. In the, this book, it points out, points to us in the first verses, if it's the oldest book in the Bible, it points to us to a family. Here's a man and his wife and his children. Notice verse 2. There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. 
He's going to lose all of his children. But he's a man that has 10 children. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camel and 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, some donkeys, and very great household. He had a, had a lot of servants as well, so that this man was the greatest of all the men in the East. I'm going to tell you what, you don't believe that that's a bunch of stuff. You take all of that and put it on one farm, Brother Jesse. I mean, that's a bunch of animals there to take care of. And that was what Job had. He was not a man you say, well, you know, he lived over here and he had a horse or two and, you know, a couple of sheep. But, but no, he had, he had all, these, all these animals. He had servants in his house. It says, and his sons went and feasted in their house every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. They were celebrating a party together, pretty close family, you would say, because at least they invited the girls to come along when the boys celebrated. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job, and I underline this next word continually. He was a one as a priest before his family who stood before God and said, I'm making sacrifice, the Old Testament sacrifices, I'm making a sacrifice for these my children. I'm, I'm, I'm standing in their behalf. What would we be doing? What should we be doing? We ought to carry our children before the Lord every day. We ought to be praying for our children, the struggles that they'll face, that they'll grow up to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a, a little sheet that I'll, I'll give out sometime uh, in the future that I've found that we had uh, produced when we had our first child, Amy, 37 years old now, but uh, uh, how, how Christian parents pray for their children. And here's, here's Job, this kind of man who stood before the Lord, offered burnt offerings for each one of his children here. It said, and thus did Job continually. Then there was a meeting in heaven. That meeting starts in verse 6 and goes into chapter 2. And that meeting that went in heaven is something Job didn't know anything about. Satan and God had a discussion he didn't know it. Job knew nothing about it. But what I can say about that meeting that went on is lets me know that everything that comes into our life when Satan comes, and by the way, Satan in 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan would love to destroy our testimony. Love to destroy our testimony. But whatever he brings into our life comes under God's control. Satan is still on a leash. He's under God's control. And you see that in this uh, passage of scripture. And it, here Satan and, and God are talking back and forth to each other. Verse 8 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? So here, here, here the Lord brings up to Satan Job's name. That there's none like him in the earth, a perfect or a blameless and upright man of integrity, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. When Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Boy, Satan would love to tell us that. 
Are you serving God for no reason at all? Are you serving God for really no reason at all? Are we going just going through the motions? But verse 10 says, Hast not, hast not thou made a hedge about him? <laughs> I'm glad for God's hedges, aren't you? He put his hedge around me. We, we were talking today uh, in the class. Some of our, our men here uh, served in the military, uh, took enemy fire, someone saved by a knife in his, that was in a pouch in, his, in front of him where the bullet hit the knife. Uh, we were talking about uh, God's protection, how God takes care of us how the hedges around about us. Linda was reading a verse this week and she asked me about guardian angels. I said, there's no scripture that tells us that every person uh, that exists has a guardian angel. It does talk about the children having angels. I, I tell people that my two boys wore out their guardian angel, had to get substitutes, I think. <laughs> but did you know that God puts a hedge around us. Uh, she said to me, she said, have you had things happen to you that, that uh, there's just no explanation for how you survived? Many of you have told me some stories about some things that happened to you. This Friday night, I was on a, a Zoom meeting call with the Anchorage camp. The Anchorage is a, a Christian camp at Lake Waccamaw, North Carolina. I've been on the board of that camp since 1995. This is the first meeting since 1995 that I didn't attend personally the board, annual board meeting. I did it by Zoom. I, I had to have somebody else set it up for me. I don't know how to do it. But uh, I, I uh, in a Zoom meeting, and, uh, but it was several years ago, probably about eight or nine years ago, I left that board meeting uh, from the Anchorage camp there in Lake Waccamaw hit right on 74, the same 70, Highway 74 that runs right out here. And uh, I got on 74. I'd not been on, on, the, on the road uh, two or tenth, maybe two tenths of a mile. It was very foggy, almost 11 o'clock at night. And uh, I was driving, had gotten up to 55, 60 miles an hour. And I came and in front of me, the headlights the, in the dark, I could see that a flatbed truck had stopped in the middle of my lane and I, I could not avoid hitting it. So I jerked my car to the left. I was in the outside lane and I got in that inside lane and as soon as I did, I heard the horn of an 18-wheeler that was on my, on my bumper. He was running 75 miles an hour. He, he got that truck off of, that, off of the road there, ran one, uh, two tires onto the pavement put the other tires onto the, onto the uh, uh, shoulder of the road and ran past me just like that. And I knew when it was all over, if that fellow would have hit me, I would have died. I knew it. I knew it. And a man, I'd, I'd just uh, thanking the Lord. I'd, I didn't know there was a hedge around me, but there was a hedge. And many of us, and many of you can tell testimonies of that too. God put a hedge about about Job. Job went through all kinds of difficulties. We talked about troubles. His servants were slain in verse 15. It says the, the servants were slain. And then it says, while he was yet speaking, verse 16, 
There came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And here's the phrase repeated again in verse 17. While he was yet speaking, there came another also. I would say, somebody bar the door. Don't let anybody else in. While he was speaking, another one came and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Here it is in verse 18. Katie barred the door. While he yet speaking, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Trouble came, trouble came, and trouble came into country. They used to say it came in threes. You remember hearing people say, it didn't come in threes. It came in more than threes here for Job, but it just kept on coming. A preacher was preaching on this passage of Scripture one time, and he said it, uh, it, it, it reminded him of a picture he'd seen one time of a, of a lady tied up with ropes on a railroad track. And the caption above that picture said, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Well, I tell you what, sometimes we can tell the Lord, Lord, it's coming again. I don't even have a time to breathe and there's another problem coming. And then I don't have time to breathe and there's another one coming. And in rapid fire, Job, one right after another, came with bad news. How would you and I respond if it was just one thing? And this is a real story. It really happened as it's told in the word of God. Then Job arose, verse 20, and rent his mantle, rent his coat, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and here's two key words, and worshipped. He worshipped. He was wailing and worshipping at the same time. Hear it over and over again. Trouble was coming. But what did he do? fell down before God and he worshiped. And he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We sang that tonight. Blessed be the name. I was pastoring in Sherol. I had not been there very long started with 14 people. They were all kin to each other, and we asked God to deliver us from that. 14 people, no children, just adults, start restarting a church that had gone bankrupt, Calvary Baptist Church in Sherall. 1990, we were living in the church nursery for two and a half years, and we lived in there, and uh, buildings were in ragged shape, I mean, just in much need of remodeling and repair. But God had given us a place to meet. There was a grandmother that was a part of that 14 people and uh, one of the sweetest ladies and boy could she cook. And um, she called one day and we, we talked often on the phone and uh, I, I'd visit in her home 
And uh, most of these people worked in mills or cotton mills. And uh, she had worked in a cotton mill and was retired. Her granddaughter got pregnant out of wedlock. That granddaughter was attending our church, had not made a profession of faith, but would attend the church from time to time. And grandmama was faithful for every service. She called one day and she said, Pastor, meet me at the emergency room quick. I said, I'll be there in just a minute. It wasn't even a mile from the church. I drove into the parking lot of the emergency room and she was holding that infant, the great-grandchild, great-granddaughter, in her hand. She said, there's no heartbeat. I can't detect that the baby's breathing. And she was running across that parking lot. I was right in behind her. And she would say, the Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And she was repeating that over and over and over again, taking that baby that I would later have to come out and let the mother know after talking to the doctors that this was a Sid's death and the baby had passed away. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's response to trouble came as a man who trusted God. Notice verse 22 And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He didn't say this is God's fault. He didn't charge God in the midst of the trouble. How about you and me? Job experienced trouble. We experienced trouble. Job trusted God. Do we? Let's bow for prayer. Father, We're all going through times of testing and trouble. I pray that God, you'd help us to realize that we're going to respond biblically. Respond biblically. Help us now to be preparing. We're in boot camp training right now. Filling ourselves with the word of God, trusting God, not knowing what will happen tomorrow, but know who's in charge and who we can trust. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name.